When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Thoughts from a Page podcast, which is a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name is Cindy Burnett, and I love to talk about books with anyone and everyone. While listening to my podcast, you will hear author interviews, behind-the-scenes conversations about various aspects of the publishing world, theme discussions with other book lovers, and more. For more book recommendations and a complete list of all of my interviews, check out my website, thoughtsfromapage.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Thoughts from a Page. In 2022, I would love for you to join my Patreon group. I offer at least two bonus episodes a month and a monthly advanced read and pre-publication author chat. For those on Facebook, I host a special Patreon Facebook group where we all chat books. Thanks so much to those who already participate, and I hope you will consider joining us. Today, I am chatting with the writing duo who make up Allie Brady. Allie Brady is the pen name of writing BFFs Allison Hammer and Brady Godfrey. The Beach Trap is their first book together. Allison lives in Chicago and works as a creative director at an advertising agency. She's the author of You and Me and Us and Little Pieces of Me. Brady lives with her family in Utah, where she works as a physician. She's the author of the psychological thriller Imposter. The Beach Trap is such a fun read, and I included it on my summer reading list, which you can find linked in this episode's show notes. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. Welcome, Allison and Brady. How are you two doing today? Really great. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, I'm super excited to talk with you both because I absolutely love The Beach Trap. But first, we'll talk about your pen name. So you're writing together as Allie Brady. How did you come up with Allie Brady? What is the origin for the name? Great question. So when Brady and I first started writing together, we actually, our history goes back, we started as critique partners and when we had an idea for a book together, you know, some author duos use both names, but we really wanted to create a brand for ourselves. Uh, we were a little inspired by Christina Lauren, who are both Christina and Lauren. And our names, Allison and Brady, fit really well together. So we became Allie Brady. I was curious about the decision to write under a pen name versus writing with your two names together. Tell me a little bit more about making a brand name for yourselves. 
Yeah, we were pretty intentional about thinking about our Allie Brady books as separate from the books that we write under our own names. Allison writes women's fiction under her own name. I write psychological thrillers under my own name. And we wanted our Allie Brady books to feel really distinctive and different. So when people pick up an Allie Brady book, they know it's not going to be an Allison Hammer or Brady Godfrey book. People wouldn't know they were going to get a really great summer read. There was going to be sisterhood. There was going to be romance. Um, So people have expectations and they get them met by us. Well, it's always so interesting to see how that develops for different people as they're writing together. And I think that makes perfect sense. And your analogy to Christina Lauren is a great one. I also think that there's something about being findable for people. You know, like if people remember, oh, what were their names? Allie Brady is hopefully a simple name that people will will remember and connect the name to um, the kind of books we write. That's a really great point. And I have a bunch of questions about how you write together. But before we do that, why don't one of you tell me about The Beach Trap for those that won't have read it yet? Brady, how about you go for that? (laughs) Okay, yes. So we initially got the idea for The Beach Trap. We were talking about doing a twist on the classic movies, The Parent Trap. But we were thinking, what if instead of the two girls meeting at camp and they find out they're sisters, what if instead of the girls trying to get their parents back together, We fast forwarded into the future and we have a parent trying to get these sisters back together. And we just love that idea. So we sort of ran with it. So we have two girls who meet together at camp and become best friends. And partway through camp, they find out that they share a father. So they're half sisters. One of them was raised by the father. One of them wasn't. And this news is pretty earth shattering to both of them, this family secret that comes out. And they don't speak for 15 years until their father passes away and he leaves them a joint inheritance, a rundown beach house in Destin, Florida. And one of the girls wants to sell it. And one of the girls wants to keep it. They each have their own reasons. So they're pitted against each other right from the beginning. But they sort of reluctantly decide to band together and renovate it over the course of the summer. And through the summer, they have to confront a lot of their wounds and their past feelings for each other and for their dad. They each fall in love. Um, They renovate the house and they learn a lot about themselves. There's a cute dog. And by the end, they figured out how to be a family. I thought it was so interesting how each sister started from her own perspective, which of course is human nature. We all do that. And couldn't understand what the other sister was thinking and why one of them was so upset and why the other was, you know, more enthusiastic about the relationship. And I thought you guys did a great job of over the story arc, helping them both understand the other one and to come together realizing, okay, you know, I only see my perspective. I now have to see hers as well. And it made it really progress nicely. Thank you. It's, it's funny to think how many conflicts could be avoided or resolved if we took a second to think about where the other person was coming from. But I think you're right. That is really the growth that both of the characters have. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the joint writing process. So you were critique partners first. How did you decide to come together and actually write a book? Like, what was that process like? Yeah, so this happened in the spring of 2020. So everybody was on lockdown. Everybody was at home. And Allison and I were, we were just chatting about book ideas. We, We chat all the time. We chat all throughout the day. We message each other and we're just in constant contact. So we were just chatting about book ideas. Allison was sharing a book idea. I was sharing a book idea. And she said, is this a crazy? And I said, no, I love it. And not only do I love it, I think that it would actually go really well with my book idea. What if we combine them into one story? And so we started working on that 
that book idea. And that book idea never ended up going anywhere selling, but it led writing that led us to write The Beach Trap, which ended up selling and um, is being published by Berkeley with Cindy Huang as our editor, who we adore. So it ended up working out very well for us. And I think the transition for us from from critique partners to co-writers was so seamless because we're so integrated in each other's writing, you know, as critique partners. I like to tell a story that there's one line in particular in my my most recent solo book, Little Pieces of Me, that reviewers always call out as loving the line. And it's actually a line that Brady wrote. So we are very, you know, we're used to working together on our separate things. So it was really a seamless transition to to write together. I hadn't thought about that because you're already so familiar with each other's writing. We are. It helped a lot. (laughs) Well, what is the writing process for you like? Do you each write a chapter and the other person reads it? Do you write together? What does that look like? One of the things that, you know, when you're writing a book with another person, you have to do a lot of plotting in advance. So we spend a lot of time on the character arcs and the story journey. Brady is really good at plotting. So um, I follow her lead a lot on on some of those details. But we each have a character. So, so far, all the books we've written have been two point of views, where we'll each take one character, write that story, write that chapter. So one week, you know, we'll each write a chapter. And then the next week, we read each other's work and edit it. So while we each write one character, we both have our our fingerprints over over all of it. Anything you would want to add, Brady, to that? <laughs> no, I think you explained it really well. Um, it is interesting because many people have said it feels like it was written by one person, and that was our goal, was to make it feel really seamless so that each character had her own personality, her own voice, but it didn't feel disjointed and it felt very unified. Are you all telling who's writing who? We've been talking about that. I, I mean, we've it's it's public. It's out there. I personally think it's really fun when people guess. So I like to um, have people guess. Maybe we can do a, a spoiler alert warning if people don't want to know. <laughs> we can say, okay, they're going to tell us right now. Forward fifteen seconds. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Okay, so I drafted the chapters from Blake's perspective, and I drafted the the chapters from Cats. But again, we did have, um, we both had influence and, and helped edit, but we each did start with one of the characters. I love that. So one week you each write a perspective that you have, and then the next week you swap and you edit. What does it look like after that in terms of trying to marry the entire story together? So we tend to do that at the end of the entire first draft, or sometimes we'll stop partway through and then take a look at it. But it, essentially, we sort of stop. And then go back to the beginning and think about everything all over again. So think once again about the about the plot. How is the pacing? Does everything make sense? Are we being repetitive? Are we, you know, consistent internally just with the story? And then we have to also look at the characters and how the character arcs um, sort of happen over the course of the book. And then we do, you know, revision, revision, revision. There's a lot of revising, of course, of any in any novel there is. But I think there's sort of an extra layer of it sometimes when you're writing with somebody else. We do a lot of revising. And I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about the different pace and the speed and we set ourselves a schedule. And when you're writing with somebody else, it, it helps because you are accountable to another person. So if you miss your writing that day, you're not just letting yourself down, you're letting somebody else down. But there have been times where, you know, one of us is ahead of the other and they have to slow down or wait for the other one to catch up because to your point, something's happened in the previous chapter that would impact the chapter after it but we do a lot of revising. (laughs) 
I would think you would have to because you have to figure out I've done something here, Brady's done something here, and those don't necessarily work together. So let's come together and figure out what the middle ground looks like. Exactly. Do you argue at all or is it all pretty seamless? We, I mean, we do sometimes have differences of opinion on how something's going to work out, but I feel like most of the time when we're not in agreement on something, it's just a sign that we need to keep digging and pushing until it makes sense to both of us. And when that happens, it pretty much always ends up being much stronger for that. So I'm grateful for the times when, you know, Allison will call something out and we'll have to go back and forth and come up with a joint solution. And Brady did have a good idea that each of us gets one veto per project. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah, because if there's something that we feel strongly about, so much of it is collaboration. And I think a key to our working relationship is our friendship. Like we genuinely love each other. We respect each other and we listen to each other. I mean, it's a it's a give and take relationship, but we did give each other um, one veto per each project. <laughs> That's a great way to do it. So if there's just something you're like, I really just don't like this, I, I'm going to use my veto on it. And you only get one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not vetoing throughout. Yes. Well, I do think that the key to success is being respectful and understanding and listening as we were talking earlier. Exactly. What about the renovating aspects of the book? Was that something that one of you knew a lot about or did you have to do research? Where did that come from? I knew nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So the renovations, much of it was based on some of my experiences with doing work on my house. Um, Some of it I've done with my husband. So for example, we painted the cabinets in our kitchen ourselves. And we did that during COVID. You know, everybody was stuck at home and on lockdown and we just did started doing renovations. My husband's very handy. So there were several um, instances where I sort of made him talk me through how to do something. There's a scene where Blake is having a character help her wire a light. And I had my husband talk me through the whole thing about which wire goes here, which wire goes there. I don't know any of that on my own, but luckily my husband does. There was actually a moment that Kat's lack of knowledge was my lack of knowledge. Um, Since Brady brought up the painting of the cabinets, there was a point where Brady was talking about painting them. And I'm like, but Kat's supposed to pick the color. And that ended up being able to be put into the book because, you know, Kat knows nothing like I know nothing. (laughs) Well, I know nothing as well, and that's why I was enjoying that part of the book. And all those types of shows are so popular these days, the renovating type shows. So it was a fun thing to include, and I felt like I learned a little bit as I was reading. Well, what surprised each of you the most as you were writing this book? Brady, do you want to start? Sure. You know, one of the most interesting conversations that Allison and I had when we were writing this book was when we needed to step back and take a look at the characters. And we asked ourselves, how does Blake see Kat and how does Kat see Blake? How do they see each other at the beginning of the book and how does that change to the end? And I felt like, at least for me, that was really key to understanding who they are. Their relationship with each other is really the the crux of the book. And so it was it was surprising for me. I'm in Blake's head. I'm trying to write from her perspective to then think, what does she need to learn about Kat over the course of it? And so that was honestly surprising for me to develop that empathy toward Cat along with my character. What about you, Allison? You know, I'm, I'm thinking back to the renovation process. And there are some things in the book that you plan and some things that I think your subconscious does for you. So Kat's growth, you know, Kat has a lot of growth in the book. And I think that the renovation and how she sees the house was a little bit surprising to me. The character Kat is an Instagram influencer. And so she is very focused on outward appearance. 
And by the end, she ends up thinking about where the beauty comes from, the meaning of an object. And I think that that renovation process really helps her get there. And I don't think that I realized that at the beginning. So I think there was through that, the process, you know, like Brady said, I believe that we both learned life lessons right along with our characters. Well, I think both of what you're talking about are things that I liked so much about the book. One that each could understand the other character eventually, and that's kind of how they came around to each other. And then also, I think Kat really does have such a learning curve about herself and understanding maybe why she's so tied to the house and why she's the way she is. I agree. I agree. And I I really loved Kat's character development because at the beginning, Blake really thinks she is so spoiled and so self-centered. And as Blake starts to realize why Kat acts the way she does and that there's a lot of hurt behind some of her actions and she has some pretty deep wounds from her from her growing up as well. It's not just Blake who has some wounds. So they really figure out, they learn to love each other through that process. And Blake thinks Kat's life is perfect. She's had both parents. She's been the one to grow up in this, what she considers to be the family. And Blake has been on the outside and she realizes, oh, it wasn't nearly as great as it looked like it was. And that's really so much about Instagram culture and the social media culture where it's like, you know, you think that Instagram versus reality and Kat portrays this image and it really so much of it is a defense mechanism. So she has a lot of growth. We've I, I I do read reviews. I know we're not supposed to, but I can't help it. And a lot of people are frustrated with Kat in the beginning, but those that stick with her to the end, I think that they see her growth and they're able to understand where she comes from and and what's hiding behind some of that snobbiness, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think most people hopefully understand. I mean, you can't start out with two just perfectly likable characters. I mean, there has to be some growth somewhere. And she definitely comes around. So it's just a matter of understanding what's behind her. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, what do you hope your readers take away from the book? Allison, do you want to start this time? Sure. Let's see. That's such a good question. I think that part of it is what we talked about in the beginning, that you never know where another person is coming from. And to take that moment to kind of slow down, Also, you know, this is a book about sisters. So I would love for readers to finish this book and then call their sister or call their best friend and just, you know, relish that friendship and maybe plan a trip to the beach. That's why I think it's a great summer story because everybody's going to want to go to the beach as soon as they read it. (laughs) What about you, Brady? Yeah, I, I echo everything that Allison said. And I'll just add that one of the things that we tried to explore was the difference in the way the two sisters think about their father. They share this dad, but they both had completely different experiences. And so I hope people take some of that away from the book, that they that people can have very different experiences with the same person, and that can shape who you are. And that the influence of that in your past is always going to affect your future, but you can sort of decide the person that you want to be moving forward. Your past doesn't have to define you forever. I agree with that, but I always think it's so interesting in family stories how much the past does influence your present. It really does, yep. In more ways than we're aware of in the moment. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your title and your cover. I love the title, The Beach Trap. That is just so cute. Did it start out that way or did you get there eventually? What was that process like? It was always The Beach Trap. From the very beginning. And we were lucky. Many times people have to change their titles and their publishers want them to change it for marketing reasons. And we got to keep it. We always have loved it. Well, what about the cover? Was it always like this or did you all have different images that they showed you? What was that process like? 
Berkeley is so good at covers. <laughs> they are. They are definitely are. They're so good. And so the team that we had working on it was amazing. Brady and I put together, so my day job is in advertising. And so this was a little bit in my wheelhouse. So we worked together to create a PDF of kind of a mood board of sorts that, you know, we we had something in mind with the with the house and the girls and the dog. And they nailed it in the very first drawing we saw. We asked them to make the beach house a little bit more run down. But another thing about the beach trap is that it doesn't squarely fit into one genre. There are two romances in it, but it doesn't, you know, you don't meet the first love interest for 100 pages. There are definitely elements of women's fiction because, you know, it's a relationship and a love story between two sisters. But we wanted a cover that would that would stand out. And when we were looking for research, Brady found um, these posters for different cities that had an art deco look. And we thought that was unique enough because so many covers right now look alike. And we wanted something that would be fun and beachy, but also kind of just let readers know that they were in for a treat and maybe something that that didn't fit any normal, um, I guess, genre boxes. Well, covers are something that I focus on a lot. And all of these similar covers are one of my biggest pet peeves. It just absolutely drives me insane. And so that is one of the things that I love so much about your cover. When Kathleen first sent the book to me, I was like, oh, this cover is so different. It's beautiful, but it's not the same as all the other ones you see. The second you see it, I know it's your book. I just think that they definitely did a fabulous job with it. We agree. We love hearing that. We adore our cover. And I think exactly what you're describing, Allison, is one of the things that I like so much about the book because I'm not a huge rom-com reader, but I don't really consider this a rom-com. I mean, there is romance in it. I mean, there's romance in most books or many books at least, but really it's a story about these two sisters coming together and trying to learn to become a family. And then there's romance as a sidebar, which I thought was perfect. Another thing that we set out when we were you know, talking about the kind of books we wrote and the kind of books that Allie Brady would write are the books that we want to read. Like we love escapism. We love fun books and romance. And there is, you know, there is steam. There's open door steam and two relationships in the book. We had one reviewer say that it's two romances for the price of one. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also got that sister story. So we hope that whatever people go into the book looking for, they'll get that and so much more. That's a really great way to look at it because there is so much there. And so, yes, if you go in looking for one thing, you're going to find that. If you go in looking for another, I love that, two romances for the price of one. (laughs) Well, do you guys want to talk about the next book you're working on, or are you not ready to talk about that yet? Well, sure. Thank Allison. (laughs) Um, We are, this. it's a a crazy couple weeks for us. We are, you know, The Beach Trap is coming out soon. We're going on a two-week book tour, which we're really excited about. And our second book is due in um, less than a month. So we are, um, we are. Closing in on the first draft, it is another story about sisters where we each are writing one of the point of view characters. This one takes place in Chicago over a summer as two characters are forced to crush their comfort zones in order to try and save um, their family business. We have not figured out an elevator pitch for that. So Brady, is there anything you would want to add to it? No, I think you described it well. We need to, yeah, of course, we'll work on how, how to describe it. But it's it's going to be fun because in The Beach Trap, the sisters really didn't know each other well. They hadn't seen each other for 15 years. And in this current book that we're working on, these sisters live together and work together. They are totally enmeshed with each other in their life. And so it's very different to write about these sisters that are incredibly, incredibly close. It's been really fun. 
It has a title. Um, it is called The Comeback Summer, and it um, should be coming out next summer. And there is actually a sneak peek at the first chapter in the back of The Beach Trap. But I will say, fair warning, we've already made edits to it. So it will not exist as it is in the next book. <laughs> well, this is so funny because this is like the third time in a week I've had a conversation like this because I always read the galleys. And so then sometimes when I get ready for an interview, I'll pick up the final copy and I'll discover all these things that weren't in the galley. I did review for today. I did not flip to the back. So I'm going to have to now go back and read the first chapter of the new one. The heart of it's the same. We've just made it a little bit better. <laughs> Absolutely. As we talked earlier, editing is part of the process. And by the time you get to the end, there's tons and tons of editing. Well, what about what you two have read recently that you really like? Brady, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah. I love talking about books. So I'll give a few recommendations. I am really excited about Catherine Center's next book, which is coming out in July. It's called The Bodyguard. It's about a female bodyguard assigned to a male movie star. And it's really, really cute. It's romantic. It's heartwarming. I loved it. I'm right now, I'm reading The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer Smith, and I'm really loving it. It's a father-daughter story. There is a bit of a romance in it, but a father-daughter story going on. They go on a cruise together. The mother has just recently passed away, so they are confronting a lot of old wounds. And then I'll also get a shout out to another book coming out in, I think the same day our book is coming out. It's called How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. And it is a story about, it's a fake relationship between two um, celebrities. And of course, they fall in love. And Brady, you forgot one other book that's coming out by a wonderful author. And is it September or August? Oh, you're so kind. Yes, my book is coming out in September, September 13th. It's called Imposter. It's a psychological thriller, also about two sisters who are estranged. But in my book, unlike The Beach Trap, there are lots of twists and turns and there's a stalker and there's, you know, it's more scary. Well, those all sound wonderful. It is really, really good. <laughs> I keep hearing that. So Allison, what about you? What have you read and loved? So many books. Um, my two most recent reads, um, I just this morning finished When We Let Go by Rochelle Weinstein, which I loved, also a sister story. This is a trend right now, and I'm loving it. Also, um, Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. It was just like, I just loved it. Up next, I'm getting ready to start um, Meant to Be, Emily Giffen's new book, which I can't wait. And then I was thinking back about some standout books that I've read because, you know, a big part of being a writer is, is reading broadly. And two other books that really stood out recently for me were Love, List, and Fancy Ships by Sarah Grunder Ruiz and also Woman on Fire by Lisa Barr. I absolutely loved Woman on Fire. I recommend that book to people all the time. It was so good. Lisa's actually doing an event with us um, in the Chicago area in Naperville, and we can't wait. Oh, that'll be really fun. And I loved the unsinkable Greta James, too, that you mentioned, Brady. That's one of my favorite reads of the year. It's wonderful. Well, this was just delightful to talk to the two of you all. I'm just so excited about your book, and I can't wait for it to make its way out into the world. And thank you for coming on the Thoughts from a Page podcast. Thank you for having us, and thank you again for being so supportive. We can't tell you how much it means to us. Yes, thank you so much. This was such a fun experience talking with you about the book. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor 
So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you like this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From A Page. Consider joining my Patreon group to access bonus content and support the podcast. Tell all of your friends about the show and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. The book discussed in this episode can be purchased at my bookshop storefront and the link is in the show notes. I hope you'll tune in next time. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.